Welcome to the Gateways Beyond Cyprus podcast, featuring weekly teaching from our Discipleship Training School. For more information, please visit us online at gbcy.org. And thank you. Please be seated. Good evening. Kalispera. Or as they say, the cool people say up in the mountains in the coffee shop, spera. It's a Greek thing. So thrilled that we're all here, and we're all here for a purpose that is much greater than anything that we can put our hands to, put our minds to, or fathom our imaginations. I believe that we're here, Daryl and I came to Cyprus on, on the invitation of the leadership of Gateways for this week. We're here for the Streams event. You've come by invitation, ultimately, of the Holy Spirit. As it was for David and the tribes of Israel in 1 Chronicles 12, who came together for one purpose. What was that purpose? To turn the kingdom of Saul over to David. To help him, it says in verse 22. Verse 23, it says to turn the kingdom over. And verse 38 says to make David king over all Israel. That's why they came. And our purpose is one purpose tonight. We all came, different streams, different tribes. Some may be searching, some may be seeking, some may be skeptical, some may be cynical, some may be here to mock this. I don't know you, but we've come for one purpose, and we're going to align with this purpose to make Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, king over Cyprus, to declare him king over Cyprus, because it's his kingdom. It's his island. It belongs to him. Wow, it was almost as quiet as it was for the offering. We've come for one purpose, to declare from all the tribes, from all the nations, to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord over Cyprus. God bless you for serving the Lord on this island, for pursuing him, for believing, for God to move mightily here like he did many, many times in seasons throughout history. He has a plan. We're a part of that plan. We've come together to make declaration tonight that this island belongs to him. It always has and it always will. It really helps when we align with that purpose and we say it with all of heaven. Because all of heaven is... It's great to be here. And a huge thank you to the leadership of Gateways for inviting me, for trusting me to have this time uh, and to declare some things. And I'm going to jump right into the word with you. Uh, One verse from Revelation. Revelation 11, verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. John On the island of Patmos, where he was in exile, on the Lord's day, was taken up in the spirit. He encountered Yeshua, the risen one, not the one that's the baby in the manger, not the Jesus who's heading to the cross, not the Jesus who is submitting to his mother and father in Nazareth. He's encountering the one who has fire in his eyes, a sword out of his mouth. He looks totally different. 
John doesn't recognize him. He can't identify with that Jesus, just like much of the church can't right now. Not you. And he's taken up into a heavenly realm where he sees some things, writes some things, gives us some things, and we have them. He sees um, things like the throne of God and one whose face was like jasper and sardius in appearance, it says in Revelation 4. He sees a rainbow that is like an emerald and he sees 24 thrones and 24 elders seated on the thrones with crowns on their heads. And he sees lightnings and thunderings and the voices of the saints surrounding the throne. And the, the living creatures that have eyes everywhere and six wings and there are eyes on the wings. I mean freaky pictures. He sees all of this and he sees a, a sea that is like crystal. I like how he keeps saying like. Because that's the best he can do to describe what it is. But how many know that it is much more glorious than anything we can see on earth? That even the streets that are made of gold, that gold is different than the gold that my ring is made of and yours. There is a glory and there is the essence of Jesus Christ, the creator of everything and everything that there is in heaven. And he says it's like crystal, but it's really not crystal. That's the best I can do to describe it. And it's like emerald. And it's like a rainbow. And he sees all of this. And then some angels come. And there, there are angels that blow trumpets. And there are angels that open up scrolls. And there are, there are angels that, that have decrees. And there are different seals that are broken. And one of those angels... He blows a trumpet, the seventh one, and he hears loud voices in heaven. I like that, loud voices in heaven. I want my church to get that back home, loud voices during worship. We love you, Lord, so much. There's loud voices in heaven. Those people are going to be offended. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. And this is what the voice has said, the kingdoms of this world have become, have become the kingdoms of our Lord. John is in this place way beyond our time right now. And he sees what has already become, what has already been, what already is. And he sees that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he reigns over them forever. So it's done. There is this point where this transfer of the kingdoms of this world happened to become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And they become amalgamated. They, be, they become acquired. They become a part of the kingdom of God. And they're his to rule over, to reign over, to be the king, the righteous king over those nations. And we reign with him. So John is in this place. He's positioned in one of the kingdoms of this earth. But in the spirit, from that place, he recognizes, he sees, he writes down that there is this moment, there is this time where these kingdoms, even the one he's in, is transferred over. And I want to talk to you about these kingdoms for a few minutes and make that declaration with you. We're going to make this declaration about Cyprus because we are here for a purpose. It's a divine purpose. 
It's a divine destiny. Part of our scroll in having been born and been sent to this earth from heaven was to be here. Part of it is to be here tonight to unite our hearts on this island to say some things and to declare some things. And there will be a vibration in the land because the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits the revealing of the sons of God. The revealing of the sons of God. Can you feel the vibration? Can you feel the rumbling? It's okay if you don't. But man, I felt it as we were coming into land in Larnaca. I felt it. I wanted, to, I wanted to kiss the ground. But I didn't want to have to answer all the questions of all the nosy people that came from London with me. Why are you doing this? You miss Cyprus? Yeah, but it's beyond that. I actually wanted to put my face down to the ground and feel that vibration. The earth like crying out, the sun's. Of God are here, the sons of God, not just us, us. So John, from that place, understands something that we need to get a hold of tonight. That in order for this transaction to happen, in order for these kingdoms to become the kingdoms of our Lord, just like Jesus said to his disciples, follow me and I will make you to become. What? Fishers of men, which means they were not fishers of men. In the process of coming to him, walking with him, being discipled by him, they would become something they were not. So in order for these kingdoms to become this kingdom, to become what he wants them to be, they have to understand the value of what this kingdom has to offer. They have to understand that there is an, a greater Kingdom, there is a greater way, there is a greater king than anything this earth can show us. Anything this earth can provide for us. Any earthly king can lead us in. That there is the king of kings and the Lord of lords who's ruler over all the nations. And that kingdom is worth living for. That kingdom is worth pressing into. That kingdom is worth pursuing. That kingdom is worth dying for. His kingdom. It's about the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom. I said this to my church recently. I said, it's okay. You can send emails if you're, you're offended, if you're upset. I told them. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not all about family. Family is not everything. The kingdom is everything. Family is within the kingdom. Because I kept hearing this, you know, different people. Family is everything. It's all about family. It's all about family. It's all about family. And I had to come and bring correction and say it's all about the kingdom. Because he says, seek the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, families included in that, will be added. Money is included in that. Resources included in that. Kingly government is included in that. Positions on the earth are included in that. But the first thing we are to seek is the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. His kingdom. His government. His righteousness. His peace. His love. Come on, the queen of Sheba wasn't impressed with Solomon's stuff. Let's kill that sacred bull. Do you think somebody who travels, well, let me put it this way. Do you know how much money she gave Solomon before she left? This is what she gave him, which doesn't mean she brought all that. She brought more than that, but she definitely brought what she gave him. 120 talents of gold, just gold, today's worth. 118 million dollars do you think somebody who travels on camels with that kind of money and spices and precious stones is impressed with stuff 
She's got her own stuff. She has her own palace. She has her own entourage. They march through deserts. They march through dry lands to get to where Solomon was. She's not impressed with stuff. Listen, listen. I recently hosted an Australian tycoon. I don't know how else to describe him. When he sold his business, the valuation of that business was 180 million U.S. dollars. Now, I don't know what he sold it for, but usually they sell it for more than what it evaluates because people realize, hey, I can make a lot of money if I buy it at that. So I don't know what he's worth, but he was worth a lot. I was hosting him. And the part of me that was hosting him that's American and has learned some American ways wanted to impress him. The Greek part of me, the Cypriot part of me really messed up. <laughs> and this is why. On my way to the airport, somebody <laughs> on the side of the road, this happened, had chicken wire for free. <laughs> like, you know, chicken wire, it was all bundled up, all wrapped up. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, free chicken wire. I can use it for my garden. So I put it in my trunk. And when I went to pick this man up, when I opened the trunk, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I left the chicken wire in there. That was a disaster. But the other side of me tried to impress him, which the Greek side totally destroyed. And the part that tried to impress him wore my favorite watch, which I had saved up to buy. It was a very good quality watch and all this stuff. And I wore my favorite shirt and I polished my shoes and I did all this stuff. And he got in my car and I was driving and I was like, you know, like my watch is on the left side, but I was like holding it like this because I just wanted him to say something. Listen, are we going to be real or I'm going to do this like we have it all together thing? Because this is real. Like that's what I was doing. I'm not going to fake it like I'm above those things. I'm not. You pray, I'll get over it. But I was like this. And he didn't say, he didn't say anything about my watch. So I thought I'm going to say something about his watch. And I turned over and looked at his watch. I said, nice watch. And it was a nice watch. And I said, what kind is it? Because I'd never seen one like that. And I said, is it a... Lada, like if we're talking about cars, you know the, the Russian cars, the Lada? And he's like, it's an S-Class Mercedes. It was that kind of watch. I don't even want to say the names. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'd heard it somewhere, you know, some magazine while I'm traveling, you know, like there's six of them on the earth kind of thing. <laughs> His watch was worth $49,000, and he has, listen, are you ready for this? He owns 50 of them. Different watches of that caliber. The highest one being $128,000. Watch. How many know my hand went over here? The whole rest of the trip. I put a shirt that hid my watch the whole rest of the weekend. And I just wore rags. Like I showed up in church with an Adidas shirt. Here's the point. People like him are not impressed with stuff. You know what he was moved by? The presence of God in our church. You know what she was impressed with? It wasn't what he had. The Bible says when she saw that stuff. But the last thing was what? When she saw the entryway by which he went up into the house of his God. 
Do you think it's talking about a post and another post and another post that gives entrance into from this room into this other room? Do you think that's what it's talking about? Because I spent months studying the original text. And this is what it's saying. When she saw the way by which he dimensionally ascended. When she saw where the answers came from, when she saw where the wisdom came from, when she saw where that amazing ingenuity of Solomon to build that temple just so came from, when she saw where the answers to her questions came from, the solutions to her problems came from, when she saw that, she was undone. And Jesus said this in Matthew, I believe Matthew 12, he said this, the queen of the south will rise in judgment against this generation that seeks a sign. Because there is no sign that will be given this generation. Two signs. One of Jonah, who was in the belly for three days. And then came out and went to Nineveh and preached. And all of Nineveh got saved. And he said, they're gonna, Nineveh is going to rise in judgment because you won't repent. And the second one who's going to rise in judgment was the queen of Sheba. Because he said, when she heard of the wisdom of Solomon. She came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. What is he saying? She heard of a kingdom that had a king that looked a lot like the place he came from. She heard about a kingdom that had some qualities that made a nation that has always been hated, loved. A nation that has always had enemies all around it want to be their friend. And give tribute for the first time and only time in history. She heard about a, a kingdom where the king made the cedars of Lebanon as abundant as the sycamores in the lowlands. Where he made silver and gold as plentiful as stones. She heard about a kingdom that was very different than her kingdom. And she wasn't impressed with the stuff in that kingdom. She was impressed with where it came from. And I'm telling you that the Lord is doing a work right now in the nations of the earth. To turn the nations of the earth into appealing kingdoms that look like his kingdom. Why do you think that cloud came into the temple where they couldn't go in? It came because Solomon established a realm that looked so much like heaven that heaven came and landed on it. Where do you think that glory went? Do you think the cloud dissipated like fog on a sunny day? No, 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 no. That cloud of glory, that, that, the essence of that glory went into every fabric and every part of that nation, Israel, to where whatever they did prospered. Whatever they said had weight on it. Whatever they touched attracted the kings of the earth. They came from all around to hear the wisdom of Solomon, to encounter, to partner with, to give tribute to that nation. It can happen again. It can happen to Cyprus. I don't believe I'd be here if it wasn't possible. She came because there was a kingdom that was modeling something, exemplifying something, demonstrating something that her innermost being was yearning for. It wasn't just answers. It wasn't tricky questions. Nobody travels that far with that kind of risk, with that kind of money, with those kinds of gifts just to trick people. I want you to see it. Because we can live in such a way in our homes, in our churches, in our places of business, in every place that we live, that we demonstrate the qualities of the kingdom of God in such a way where they say, I want that. I can't tell you what it is. 
Like the driver who was taking me to the airport and begged me to pray for him when I didn't say anything to him about ever having prayed. I did not tell him I'm a Christian. I didn't tell him I'm a pastor of a church. I avoided the subject just to see if the stuff works. He even asked me, are you a priest? And I said, no. And he said, do you want to be one? And I said, not really. And we got to the airport and he says, I don't know you, man. I don't know what you are, but will you pray for me? And I said, yeah, yeah, because I'm terrified to pray for people on the street. Terrible evangelist. And I said, I- I'll pray for you. Okay, I'll pray for you. And I start to go into the terminal. He says, now, I'll leave the door to my car open. It looks like I'm unloading you. You pray for me right now. What happened? The kingdom of heaven was at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You don't have to say it. You don't have to go blue in the face trying to get people to sign a card and to say they came to your church and to say that they are a believer. Just release the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom of God is released, he shows up. And when he shows up, he shows up in power. It's effortless evangelism. Do you think Solomon got on the phones of that day, whatever they were, which was basically go tell these people that thing? Do you think he did that? To try to get people to come to Israel, he did nothing. All he did was be Solomon, the king in the kingdom that looked like heaven. So heaven land on it. It looks like heaven and all the earth wants to go there. It happened before and it's going to happen again. And that's why Isaiah prophesied and said, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth, the darkness of the people, but the Lord will arise over you. His glory shall be seen upon you. And he said, kings will come to your light and Gentiles to the bright. Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. It happened before. It will happen again. Why not here? I wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case. I'm here on assignment to make a declaration that's going to change some things. And if we make it together, it will have a lot more power. Because we are the body of Christ where two or three gather together, agree on anything, whatever they touch, it will be done. Come on, you've got to believe this. We can't just quote it. We can't just say it. We have to believe. The nations are here. The tribes are here. We're here for a purpose to declare that this can be like that kingdom. Because one greater than Solomon is here. His name is Jesus. But the second thing that has to happen, we have to make the kingdom appealing. But the second thing that has to happen is we have to prepare these nations to be wanted and to be desired by the king of these kingdoms. You know why the disciples were approached by Jesus to become fishers of men? Because he wanted them. They didn't know him. They didn't want him. He wanted them. Matthew wasn't looking for him. Jesus went looking for him. And the same thing with Peter. Same thing with Andrew. He sought them because he wanted them. And he wants the nations. And we need to stop condemning the nations with our tongues and with our actions. And we need to stop pointing out all the weaknesses and the shortcomings of the nations of the earth and of the kingdoms of the earth and especially this one. And we need to align with the heart of God, which is there is value in that because I formed it and I created it. And I want you to speak life into it so that it can become that which I destined for it to be so that I can want it and I can want it to become and to acquire it into my kingdom. We are brokers of kingdoms. 
I have a friend who's working right now on an acquisition. He's a businessman. He, he leads seven companies in the world. He's working on a $150 billion, I'm sorry, $150 million acquisition. Just to give you an idea of the magnitude of this deal, they have to pay tomorrow, Monday, $1.5 million just so that money that they can never get back if this doesn't work, so that they can have exclusivity rights to be the only ones that this company deals with to try to sell the company. Those of you in the business realm understand what I'm talking about. They have to put money down to guarantee that these people are not going to talk to any other people except them to buy this company for $150 million. After that, they're going to go through the contract signing, and then there's a period of, of, of 90 days to six months where they have to do what we, what we call the due diligence, which means they have to make sure that whatever this company said they have, they really have. Are you with me? All of this... This whole process, all this money, all these lawyers, all these insurance companies, everything involved in an acquisition of that magnitude or any magnitude involves one key ingredient, desire. They want this company. That's why they're going to buy this company. He wants these kingdoms. That's why he's going to make them become his kingdoms. And in order for these kingdoms over here to become the kingdoms of our Lord over here, we who are here between those kingdoms, but in the spirit moving to and fro, our job is to increase the value of these kingdoms so they look so good to him. So he says, I want Cyprus. I want Russia. I want the United States. I lost you there. I, <laughs> I can go on. Nation after nation after nation. And I can say that he wants it because he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And when all come to repentance, they align with the values, the principles of the kingdom, his kingdom. And he wants those nations. He wants those kingdoms. When Joshua came and saw the man with the hand drawn in his hand, he did what he'd been trained to do. He did what the culture had trained him to do, what society had conditioned him to do, which was immediately established what side this dude is on. Right? And he said, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And the Lord Jesus, who was the man he was encountering, what did he say? The answer wasn't I'm for you or I'm against you. The answer was no. In other words, you are asking the wrong question. I have come as commander of the armies of the Lord, which means this. When I come, I don't come to take sides. I come to take over. The reason he showed up wasn't to take sides. The reason he came was so that the walls of Jericho would come crumbling down and that the Israelites would march right into the promised land and that they would take what God said was theirs to begin with. I'm telling you, God is here. Yeshua is here in Cyprus to take over. He's here to take over. He's here to take over every realm of society, every facet of this nation. I feel it. It's like almost tangible to me. His desires are becoming tangible. And a lot of it is expressed through our worship and through our prayers and through things like this that we declare. But I am telling you, you are going to see it. That it's His. I saw something today that thrilled my heart. 
For years, I haven't seen this site. Every country that I go to, especially in Asia, I see this particular phenomenon. I haven't seen it in Cyprus. But the cranes are back. I'm not talking about the birds. I'm talking about the cranes that are building buildings. That means there's construction taking place. That means there is investment coming back into the island. That means there is life coming back into the economy. Come on. Would you believe with me that, that our job is right here in this kingdom of Cyprus to, to rid it of corruption, to clean it of uncleanness, to speak forth life over everything that may even be negative so that it will become something that the Lord says, I'm actually going to overshadow it. I'm going to let that cloud of glory come and settle on that land again so that every nation of the earth wants to do business with that country. It's happened before in other nations of the earth like Singapore and other places where we go where, where they've said this is the number one place to do business on the earth. Why not Cyprus? Come on, can you believe for that? It's going to take speaking positive. It's going to take speaking life. We're going to have to stop judging and accusing and, and, and all these blame games. Man, I'm coming from a country that is so divided right now. Like, can I say it this way with, with, with all respect? I know there's a geographical division on this island. But at times, I feel like the division in America that is coming because of what's taking place geopolitically in that land right now is so strong and so deadly. Like our hearts grieve. But it is not our place to point fingers. It is our place to lift up and to find whatever works and to call it forth. And to say, come alive. Come alive. We have such a redemptive destiny. Such a redemptive purpose. Do you understand that with your words you can free a nation? With your words, you can free an economy. With your words, you can free a church. We bless the Greek Orthodox Church tonight. I'm so grateful. Right? There's a degree of freedom that's coming, issuing forth from the body of Christ, coming together and saying, bless that other part of us. Bless that other part of us. Come on, who had the right kingdom attitude? Was it the Levite? Was it the priest? Or was it the Samaritan that they didn't even consider part of their kingdom? Who had the right attitude? speak redemptively over the nations, over the cities, over the people. We add value to them. And we make them appealing to him who is looking for appealing nations to acquire. So that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord. And John saw it and it had already been done, which means it's a done deal. All we have to do is line up with that mindset. All we have to do is stop picketing and start doing what Joseph did. Being, we being pushed into holes and falling upward. Being thrown into prisons and ruling over them. Being thrown into slave houses and taking responsibility in spite of what happened to us. And instead of complaining and saying the system is so bad, the justice system is so bad. Look at me, I was in a hole. I'm in a slave house. I'm in a prison. Instead, he rises up and says, with God, I can do anything. I can turn this kingdom into the kind of kingdom that saves the world. Man, get this. David does this. He spends no time criticizing the kingdom of Saul. He just rises up, becomes who God wanted him to be, and he changes it. And I say to you, stop complaining about the system. Rise up and change it. Be the change you want to see. I say this to my kids that come home from school, and they say, this teacher said that, this student did that, that administrator said this. And I say, rise up in who you are and be the change you want to see. 
You change it. I'm not going and complaining for you. You rise up and change it. Thank you. They're not doing it, but I'm still trying. I want to end with this. Something happened to me two weeks ago. I was in Washington, D.C., right before the inauguration of the new president of the United States. I don't know if you've heard it at all, but there's a new president. (laughs) And I was in Washington, and they were putting up barricades, and they were preparing for the inauguration of Mr. Trump. And I was there for a prophetic conference. And I have a friend in Washington that I speak to very rarely. I actually mostly text with him because he has a very strategic position, but I didn't know what his position was. I just knew he worked in Washington. I met him at a conference where I was speaking. And and while I was speaking, the Holy Spirit pointed out this man to me whom I did not know. And the Lord said to me, I want you to give him your seat. And I want you to give him your shirt. So I had to run during worship up to my room and put a T-shirt under my shirt so that when I take my shirt off to give it to him, people don't leave the building. You know how they do. So I, I started, they gave me the mic. Place was packed with people. There were no seats. Actually, the people who were hosting the conference said to me, you're on your own if you give him your seat. You're sitting on the floor because we have no more seats. And I had to sit on the floor the whole rest of the time. No, no joke. So I honor this man. I did not know this man was an Army Ranger in the United States, Special Forces Army Ranger. My son is preparing to go into that in July. So this man was a highly decorated, highly operative army ranger. This, this dude was a super warrior, like Rambo, but the real deal. That's, that just kind of places me. I grew up on the island watching Rambo with you. Don't act like you didn't watch it. We watched it, and we loved it. Don't look at me like that. You're saved now, and you're all spiritual, and you don't carry knives like that. Yes, we do. It's from time to time. I cut myself with a piece of paper the other day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, so, and so after this, he and I connected. You know, I gave him my seat. I, the people stood up and honored him, you know, when they realized who he was and all this stuff. And after that, he kept writing me. So when I went to Washington, I knew that he worked in Washington. I didn't know what he did. So I contacted him. I'm just going to call him John, but his name is not John. But if I say his real name, because I do that sometimes, just forget it, Okay. So I call John, and I, say, I text him, and I say, I'm in Washington. I'm in D.C. Is there any way that we can connect? I'm doing this conference. I'd love to see you. I'd love to pray with you. He loves the Lord. He said, I am at the Pentagon, which is the, the military headquarters of the United States of America. He says, I'm right in a building next to the Pentagon. I can meet you anywhere you say in half an hour. I can do it. And within an hour, really, he came and met us at this hotel. He came in wearing a suit. I, thought, I, said, I said, I thought you were an army ranger. What are you doing wearing a suit? And he was wearing a badge, and the badge said, and I'm not going to say the, the department, but it said Department of, I'm going to call it Agriculture. Okay, so I, th- I thought this guy was a super operative. He had done so many missions. He had done some stuff that he told me about that is freaky. It's like you see in the movies, but it's real because he did it. Daryl was in the Special Forces. He knows what I'm talking about. Dude, I'm so glad you're with me. I get so encouraged by being around this man. And this guy wearing the agriculture badge and a suit sat down. And over time, as the Lord started to open his heart, he said, I really need your prayers because I don't work for the Department of Agriculture. On the back of this card, 
There's a magnetic strip. And in the building that I work for, which is the agriculture building, there is a room that this magnetic strip accesses the door to. And what he does is he puts this card against this door, and that door opens, and there's another door, and he puts the card against that door, closes the door behind him so nobody can see, and he goes through the other door. And in that room, you ready for this? Are million-dollar computers and the stuff you see in the movies of screens that fill up the whole room, and his job is to conduct operations in as many as 10 different nations at the same time, bringing together the special forces of all the United States branches and the CIA, the FBI, Homeland Security, and Border Control. He is the liaison between these guys and these guys. Get this. He is the man who explains to these dudes what these operatives are doing on the screens, and then he tells these guys how mad these guys are about how much money he's spending, can you see this? He walks into a room looking like something that nobody recognizes, and he becomes something that he was always destined to be. And he has access to all these nations and all these operations in all these nations. And he stands between two groups of people, and he says, I want to bring you together to understand the greater picture. And, man, when I walked in this place tonight, I haven't told that story publicly because I've been holding it. When I walked in this place, I felt like that. I felt like this is what John must feel like when he walks into that room. Because I feel like we're in that place where the nations are before us, the kingdoms are before us, and the kingdoms of this world have such a yearning to become the kingdoms of our Lord. They just don't know it yet. Cyprus desires him. Say it with me. Cyprus desires the Lord. There's a deep longing for him. There's a deep desire in the land for our Savior and for our King. The kingdoms of this world need us to bring value to them, to call forth the honor and the dignity and the power and the glory of the Lord that's in them. So they become that which he looks at and says, I want them. I want them. I want them. I want them. Man, you are God's special operatives. And so am I. To make declaration tonight, we're not fighting any wars with flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of weakness in the heavenly places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every mindset, every attitude. That is adversary to the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's our job. That's our assignment. That's what we fight tonight. And together we can make declaration that this nation belongs to him. That this nation is one of those kingdoms that becomes the kingdoms of our Lord. And that there will be an immediate manifestation of transformation on this island. That things that were very difficult to happen in the business sector. Things that were impossible to happen in the political sector. Things that were impossible to happen in the reconciliation of the land sector. All these things are possible for our God. And that there is is a unity in the body that comes together tonight to establish some things. Come on, this is like sealing the deal. This is like signing the decree. This is like having some kind of charter and saying, I want my name on that. I want to be part of that history-making night when we said that Cyprus belongs to Jesus Christ. How about it? How about we walk into that room and see what he's doing in the nations and align with it?
How about we walk into that space where, where criticism and negativity and judgment and accusation and the pointing finger and all despair and disappointment and frustration and disillusionment have no place. And the only thing that remains is the love of God that breaks the power of all fear, that breaks the power of all judgment, that breaks the power of all accusation, that breaks the curse of shame and guilt and condemnation. How about we are those people and we value the nation, we value what he's doing in it, and we value what each of us is doing. Lost you there. Man, for me, I've been in his church, he's been in my church. We've done so much together. These guys, I've been at their base so many times. They've come to our church so many times. We've, we've seen each other's camps. If we were to point out weaknesses, right, could you imagine that we would go to each other's house and try to point out mistakes and weaknesses and mock things. It's unthinkable, right? But that's what happens. We do it to people we don't know and we say that stream doesn't look like our stream. It, they can't be good. That group is very different than what I've, I'm used to. So they're doing, and we start to speak this stuff. Man, come on, let's unite. I know, I know there's so many ministry unity services and people come together and do reconciliations and hand out keys and, and they cry tears. But it, it comes down to this, that there is genuine honor and value for what everybody carries and we speak it forth. And we build life and we say, you're amazing. I'm so glad to co-labor with you. I'm so thrilled about what God's doing in your movement, in your stream, in your nation, in your family. We can do that. So I want to believe for that. I want us to pray towards that tonight. And maybe you're ready now to make declaration with me that Jesus Christ is the king over Cyprus. It doesn't matter who wins the election next year. It doesn't matter who's the president now, though we honor him. Though we pray for him. We give thanks for him. All that. But Jesus Christ is the king. And our job is to make it so valuable. That it becomes, ultimately, seal the deal. It is the kingdom of our Lord. That his radiance and his glory and his beauty is here. So I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm just, we're just going to do it seated. We're going to make this declaration. And I don't even think it needs to be super loud. Honestly, I, I get tired of the hype stuff sometimes. It, it, I'll say it for my own church. Sometimes we think if we do it really loud, we really mean it. I believe that if you get it in your heart, you really mean it. In fact, some of you, I see your faces, you get it so much that we don't even have to say it. It's already done. Like, like listen, I got saved in a dream. When In a dream, I just nodded toward the Lord who created me, and I woke up, and I knew Jesus. Right? It, it's not the words. It's not the patterns. It's not the formulas. It's not all the stuff that we make it. Though those things are, can help us. But I believe it's the attitude of our heart. And some of you, but just by the looks of you, you get this. Your heart is yearning for this. You want to be a part of the reconciling of nations and making them his. So we're going to decree this together. And we're going to declare it. So say it with me. Cyprus belongs to the Lord. Jesus Christ is the king over Cyprus. It's his kingdom. Hallelujah.